Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. First off, I'd like to thank our, our sponsors. Thank you to Seed Apparel. Seed makes hemp pants that are grown with Canadian hemp. They're designed in Cochrane, Alberta. They're super stylish. They're great. Uh, they've been a sponsor for the show for quite some time. Highly recommend supporting this company, and you'll look great doing it. Just head on over to theseedstore.ca or head to imseed on Instagram and check out their pants. Get yourself a pair today. Also, would like to thank our other sponsor, Minds Dye. Minds Dye does hand-dyed, custom, can dye anything that you feel called to dye. I really love, uh, I got some presents from my wife, but they might be in the shape of a duvet. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this before Christmas. I don't think she will. Well, she might. I don't know. We'll find out. But they do duvets, sheets, kimonos, hoodies, uh, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, check them out, the, uh, the Seed Store. They're not the Seed Store. They're the Minds Die. Um, you can find the Minds Die on Instagram or go to her uh, Etsy store and you can purchase there. She, her, she's amazing, by the way. You know, she is just so kind, caring, and considerate. And you're just going to get that vibration in this one-of-a-kind uh, piece of clothing or houseware, fabric, whatever it might be. Uh, highly recommend checking out the Minds Die and uh, let them know that Tiaga Prem Singh, the White Lion, sent you. And uh, she'll be really, really happy to make something epically amazing for you. All right. So this week on the show, we are covering uh, part three of my recovery journey. It's been uh, quite, maybe we'll do a recap, you know, like when you watch uh, a show on TV and they say like last week on my recovery journey. So in the first episode, we talked about my youth, uh, a life of crime and drugs and pain and suffering and running away from home and all, it was it was a mess. A failed marriage, you know, all of those uh, things, a lot of pain, hurt a lot of people. And then in the second episode, we moved into uh, exploring my spirituality a little more, but still really struggling with alcoholism and uh, kind of living these two lives with, you know, traveling, DJing, taking lots of drugs, selling lots of drugs. I remember one thing I didn't mention. And, and by the way, we don't cover everything in this. That's going to be in the book, which is going to come out. I'm going to write it this year. It's in my list of uh, uh, things to do this year. So that'll come out in the book. So stay tuned for that. If you have ideas for the title, let me know. I like becoming the white lion so far, um, but I'm totally open. Anyways, I remember one day we had just played a show in Edmonton. I noticed one of my dear uh, brothers is here watching on the live on, on YouTube. Um, we were playing a show in Edmonton. Lots of love, Edmonton. Lots of love, Andrew Measley. Shout out to the whole crew out there in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And we were staying in this fancy hotel on White Avenue. Some of you may know the name. I can't remember. And we rocked, the, we rocked this party, and then we went to the After Hours Club, and it was just like total insanity. And, you know, we got up the next morning, and I could hardly move, and I was laying in my bed in the hotel room with a pocket full of money and drugs and just like living the high life. And I remember lying there with the worst headache, thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. And that's when I, that was one of the moments when I was like, I know this is not my calling, because I was... That was my thought. Like, I was just like, I would rather be dead or doing something else rather than being like, 
wow, look at what we we've done. You know, we've we've made all this money and we're so we're getting successful. And people, it wasn't like that. It was more just like there's got to be more to life than this. And if there's not, like take me now. It was really a sad moment, but also an a, an awakening moment. And I've shared some of those other awakening moments in the other episodes. And uh, then in that episode, in the second episode, we got all the way up to, um, I have this ultimatum from my partner because I keep screwing up. Uh, and, and she basically says, get your shit together uh, or get out. And then I meet this uh, wizard-like character named Guru Singh. And I ask him if he would be uh, available to mentor me. And he gives me the advice to leave uh, the current yoga center that I was the director and teaching at with uh, some students. And we had a very um, unhealthy relationship. And so I make the decision to leave. That's around where we left off. So I hope you were able to tune in for those episodes. And if you weren't able to tune in for those episodes, you can always go back and watch them. If you're listening on the podcast, just a reminder that we do this live on YouTube at 10 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday mornings. All you have to do is head to youtube.com backslash Tiaga Prem Singh. And uh, when you get there, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification so you get a reminder that it's happening and then it'll bring you straight here and you can watch the program. If you miss it, you can always catch it later. We do it for free on YouTube so you can catch it later, watch the video. Or if you prefer the audio, you can always catch it Fridays. It comes out Fridays uh, at some point during the day, any, any time on Friday, that's when Revealing the Diamond, the podcast comes out and you can stay in touch with the work that we're doing. Um, and so thank you so much for listening wherever you are. If you love what we do, rate us, review us, share us with your friends and hope you had a blessed solstice season. And I think we're ready to start part three. So let's pause for a, a cup of tea or a sip of tea. I won't drink the whole cup. It's too hot. <laughs> All right, so I'll take it right to the point where let's go to the first phone call that I'm having with Guru Singh. And I know we, I did touch on that, but let's just kind of wind it back a little bit just to get me into the flow uh, of sharing with you uh, my journey. And um, oh, before I do that, I want to say I saw I had a big jump in spirituality podcasts in Canada on iTunes. Like it went up 87 points or something like that. And I just want to say that's what sharing this with your friends uh, does. It allows me to uh, connect with more people and share with more people, not for my own personal glory, although I love uh, feeling loved and supported. That's so valuable to me, but also because I really believe that me sharing my story and sharing this work is going to help young people and people of all ages who are, are struggling and looking for some support uh, that's what was my experience. You know, I, I came across some incredible teachers who I could relate to and they meant the world to me and continue to mean the world to me. And, and I'm trying to pay that forward. So uh, I just want to say thank you for those of you. That's a huge jump. And let's keep let's keep doing that. Let's keep sharing it. Let's keep working together. Let's keep joining together on the Truth Seekers Union and everybody out there doing healing work uh, as well. Please uh, feel feel inspired and reach out to me. Let me know what you're doing. Maybe there's a way you could become a sponsor of the show or a way that we can collaborate. I'm always open. Okay.
Just want to put that out there. So I'm on this first call with Guru Singh. And at this point, I don't really know anything about uh, Sikhs or Sikhs, like S-I-K-H, Sikh. Some, some people call them Sikhs, but, you know, what are you going to do? Sikh. I don't know anything about Sikhs, uh, really, other than, you know, I've seen turbans and beards around. And there was a Gurdwara, a Sikh temple next to the church I went to as a kid. But I never stepped foot in there, and they never stepped foot in our place either. We all just sort of kept to ourselves. There was no exchange, which is sort of unfortunate looking back. Like, I think, what, like, what's up with that, you know? Um, but once you know better, do better, right? Yes. So I'm on this call with Guru Singh, and as I had mentioned in the previous episode, my wife was doing kundalini yoga when she's praying with her daughter, but I just didn't really feel called to it in any way. I saw the turbans and the beards, and I just thought, eh. and the wearing white and stuff, and thought, eh, it's not really for me. And then I met Guru Singh. I went to his workshop at a recommendation of a friend and was uh, deeply moved by uh, how he was, by his presence, more than the techniques themselves. But I had another awakening moment. Uh, much like that first moment when I had practiced for the first time vinyasa yoga, where I just felt this uh, spirit of levity, of openness, healing. And so I had reached out to him and asked, I don't know what this looks like, but would you mentor me? And I told him a bit about myself, and he said yes. And so we had this conversation uh, uh, over uh, Skype or whatever it was, FaceTime, or you know, we talked to each other. And I wasn't very open about my struggle with addiction. Um you know, because I had to keep up appearances. That's what I do. As you've heard from previous episodes, I want to, you know, look like I've got it together, even though maybe underneath ha, I'm uh, falling apart. So I was, you know, trying to keep it together. However, I was vulnerable and open and courageous enough to share that uh, the re business relationship that I had had uh, building this yoga center with these students who had said they had unlimited resources. Um, it was a disaster, you know, and, and I, I was responsible for that. I mean, I was uh, drinking and I had felt all, all the time like I need to put the bottle down so that I can actually be a leader of integrity in this community. And I had attempted it several times and, uh, you know, take 30 days off, take 90 days off. And I just kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. And it kept causing problems for me and and strain and struggle uh, in my life and in the lives of my family and the community. Um, but also there was these uh, people who I was in business with. They had a very volatile relationship and uh, it was uh, violent at times, sometimes even in the space, which was really intense. And so I was ready to make a change. And I, I end up on this call with Guru Singh at the time when I'm ready to make a change. And he very flat out says, just leave. And I said, well, you don't understand. Like there may be legal repercussions and, you know, uh, all, all, all these yeah, buts story. And he was like, just go. You're going to be okay. And you're going to look back and think this that was a great decision. And so I talked to my partner. We made the decision to leave. Uh, we ended up having to get a lawyer. It was uh, an intense time. Um, but we made it through. And we, we found a place by the grace of the guru at the time. I wasn't seeing it that way. But the, one of the places where I DJed and partied and got completely obliterated on a regular basis, this uh, space right next door was available. 
in a beautiful old building and they had just put in hardwood floors and I was uh, DJing, you know, some months previous, maybe even a year previous, no months previous. And, uh, the owner had said, hey, check out the space next door. Maybe you want to open a yoga studio in there. And I was like, oh, no, we've got this place, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, oh, maybe we should get in touch with him. And my partner, SJ, had seen a psychic previously who said, oh, yeah, I kind of see you in this place. And people are sitting in a circle and it's a bit dimly lit. And she had the same thought. We already have this space. People aren't sitting in a circle. It's very bright and sunny in there, kind of the opposite of what uh, this person had said. Anyhow... I reached out after this conversation with Guru Singh after we had left after all of this stuff with lawyers and it was it was a mess. We were it was really painful for us. Um, anyhow, I reached out and he said, "Yeah, still available. Want to come look at it?" And so we did. We went and looked at it. There was an exposed brick wall on the side, hardwood floors. Other than that, it was pretty gritty in there. And he was willing to give us a month-to-month lease. Uh, with less bureaucracy than you would get anywhere else. And so we thought, okay, maybe we should do this. Um, and so we started things in motion. I had, I had also uh, stopped drinking. And basically what I had said is there's a practice in the Kundalini Yoga tradition. They call it Aquarian Sadhana. It's a sadhana that happens in the morning at about 4, well, not at about, at 4 a.m., which means you got to get up at 3.30 to do it. And you recite Japji Sahib, which is the prayer of awakening, the prayer of the soul from Guru Nanak, the first guru of the Sikh tradition. And then you do some yoga and breathing. And then you chant these seven mantras for an hour. And it takes about two and a half hours to complete. So from like 4 a.m. till 6.30. And I knew that I was struggling. And so I said to myself, I made a commitment to myself or the inner knower. I said, I'm going to do this Aquarian Sadhana. I'm going to do it for 90 days. And I had discussed this with Guru Singh, my newfound mentor. And if I'm not able to do it for 90 days, then I'll go to a treatment center. Because I just, you know things were falling apart and I was at the point now where I was like business was falling apart. Like, yeah, everything was burned down. Like the tower card in tarot, those of you know about tarot is like massive change. And the massive change was, it's like an opportunity for new growth, but you've got to make sure that you're tilling the soil and, and, and creating structures for that new growth to happen. Otherwise you're going to stay down in that death cycle for a long time. And I, I was ready for new birth. You know, we had a little toddler at this point. And um, so I so I did it. I did it for 90 days. And and I started and we started to develop this new space. And I was still kind of doing the Dharma yoga thing, like the deep uh, advanced postures. And and as I did this, started doing the Kundalini yoga, I started sharing that. And people were really confused. Like, why is he changing so much? And he's changed before. And. You know, it's, and I think a big part of that is that people aren't able to see what was going on behind the scenes, the pain and the suffering and the destruction that was happening because of my addiction on the surface. It just looks like, oh, he's changing again. And, uh, I'm learning from that. Like your commitment to being open, uh, will allow those transitions to be, uh, more beneficial for everyone. And if you're closed, it creates, um, confusion and doubt. So learning experience. 
So I started introducing some of the things that I was practicing in this early morning uh, routine. And uh, I did it for 90 days and I didn't have a drink and I felt the benefit of it. And um, I just kept going and I did it for nine months and I didn't miss a day and I stayed sober for nine months. And one of the things that I noticed that while I was staying for sober for nine months, well, two things for the first time ever, I had stayed sober for that amount of time without being in a treatment center. First time ever. And I went for treatment the first time when I was 20 and this was probably at 35 or something like that. So 15 years to get there, made it nine months. And it was because of this morning structured routine, uh, thanks to Kundalini Yoga and the Sikh tradition and this relationship with Guru Singh. So that was pretty remarkable. It was also a big shift and change for everyone, for my partner, for uh, my, you know, people that I knew, the students in the community, it, the yoga looked very different. I started to grow my hair and beard um, and wearing white and people were kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. And I can relate to that. I felt the same way. And uh, I went for quite some time with that, spending time with Guru Singh. And I kind of flip-flopped a lot during this time because I didn't know who I was in relationship to this because I was healing from all the years of uh, addiction issues, um, you know, and, and it's a challenging thing, you know, to heal patterns in addiction. And it's even more challenging to do it in the public eye with people watching, but that was my karma, I guess. I didn't really have a choice. So I had to go through it and I wavered and I, and I grew my beard out and then I cut it back and then I grew it out and then I cut it back and then I, you know, did this yoga, and then I did that yoga, and then I did this yoga, and then I did that yoga, and then I was really ha happy and, and thankful, and then I was really grouchy and difficult to be around, and I was just blowing all around, but I was, I had this morning anchor that was keeping me uh, committed to my sobriety, and I started to meet incredible people, and I started to, you know, connect with people in different places, and, um, Right around, let's say, I did that for a few years, and Dharma Temple, that was the new space. It started to be quite successful. People started coming. I moved away more and more from the uh, Kundalini Yoga. Um, I mean, sorry, from the Dharma Yoga and got, like, really full in. A lot of addicts do this, too, right? It's like, okay, I'm in. I'm fully in. I'm only this. And, and I started to set aside some of those other practices. I wasn't going to New York anymore. I was just, it's kundalini yoga for me, um, for the most part. And then, you know, I started, to, as I got sober, I was thinking about what are the, some of the things that I never got to do in my life? And I was like, I always wanted to get tattooed. And so I, I with this new sobriety, I started to get some tattoos, which I loved. And I'm, I'm very thankful that I didn't really get too many tattoos when I was younger. I started getting tattoos like on my year sobriety, on my two year sobriety, and uh, fluctuate and, and really interested in Sikhi, but also scared of it, you know, because it was like, oh, this foreign thing. And, and you know, my, my partner was like, oh, uh, you're not going to like wear a turban all the time. And I was like, I might, but I don't know. And I kind of like, you know, grew my hair long and sometimes I wore it in braid and sometimes I wore it in a turban. Sometimes I grew my beard because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Sometimes I cut it back because I wanted to look young and cool, like a lot of mental bleh going on at the time. 
And it's mostly just learning how to be sober <laughs> and, and who am I in relationship to that and doing it in the public eye, which can be confusing. And, and some of you may, who are listening to this, may have uh, observed me doing that. And well, now you've got a little backstory on, on what that's like. And there was one uh, pivotal, I had many, many moments, by the way, that were like, uh, you're a Sikh, dude, or a Sikh, where I was like, okay, and I, I won't get into too many of them, but one of, one of the beautiful moments is that of that morning sadhana, the thing that really moved me deeply was the prayer that we would say at the start. And it takes about 15 to 20 minutes, and it's in a language called Gurmukhi, from the mouth of the guru. And I didn't know about it. I mean, now I know about it, and I've pilgrimaged, and we'll get to that in the story. But I didn't really know what it was. I just knew when I heard it, I was like, that that is medicine for me. And so I decided on my birthday that I would, uh, I asked SJ on my birthday, could I get a copy of a learning tool to learn Japji Saad, Prayer of the Soul by Guru Nanak. And so she said yes. And around the same time I had applied to 3HO, which is 3HO is this organization connected to Yogi Bhajan. And again, I wasn't really that connected to them. I just knew Guru Singh and that was about it. And I had gone and traveled to meet him a couple places and he had said, just teach whatever I teach you. Don't worry about any kind of certification or anything like that. Just teach what I teach you and, and add it into your, what you're already teaching. So I did that. And I got this uh, learning tool, and I had applied. I always wanted a spiritual name. Uh, and, you know, my heroes, like the first yogi that turned me on to yoga, Bhagavan Das and Ram Das, and, and Western people who had a, a name from India that really meant something, and Dharma Mitra, and uh, my teacher in New York. And I always thought, oh, I would love to have a spiritual name. And, and Dharma had given me a spiritual name, Dharma Mitra, when I was in uh, New York, but just never really stuck. And I had this one moment where I was almost like, I know that it wasn't the right name for me. He had given me the name. I'll just jump back. But now we're, I'm, I'm time traveling. Now we're going way back to when I was uh, in the New York days all, all the time from episode two, uh, maybe one or two, somewhere in there, more like two. So uh, he had given me the name Chaitanya Deva Om. And Chaitanya means like consciousness, and Deva is like the, the God or the infinite, uh, uh, and Om is the vibration, the frequency that's in everything. And so I thought, oh, Chaitanya Deva Om, I like this name. And I, I had been given this mala, uh, like a beads I had been given. And I went, when I got back to get to Vancouver, I had gone to the Hare Krishna temple with some friends who uh, grew up in the Hare Krishna tradition. And I walked into the Hare Krishna temple. And the moment I walked into the Hare Krishna temple, the necklace, the uh, mala, the rosary around my neck exploded for no reason. It just went and beads went everywhere. And there was people who there who were like, oh, can we help you? And I was like, don't worry about it. Just leave it. It's just meant to be here. And I didn't carry that name. I kept it to myself. And uh, it just didn't stick. Then fast forward back to I'm getting the learning tool on my birthday to learn this prayer in the morning. And right as I'm opening uh, up this 
gift that I had bought for myself with the blessing of my partner, of course, because I was so excited to get started. I'm opening it up. And right as that happens, I get this email from the 3HO for this name that I had applied for that they give you uh, based on your um, Vedic astrology. That's uh, how they how they do it or how they say they do it. I don't really know that much about it. And I've struggled with the process of how I received my name and we'll get there. So take note. So anyways, right at the moment that I'm unwrapping it, the name comes in, bing, Tiaga Prem Singh or Tiaga Prem Singh. Prem, Prem. Prem Westerners say Prem would be more correct in uh, Punjabi. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it with you, Tiaga Prem Singh. Tiag. Uh, being like a, a yogi or a renunciate, uh, and prem meaning love, and sing meaning lion, and I really love that. And and it had this description saying, you know, you kind of operate in these two realms: the realm of the material and the realm of the etheric and the and the devotional. And that has been my life. Like I said, one foot in the uh, nightclub, one foot in the ashram. Uh, you know, or uh, I heard Madonna one time say that she always knew that she would be a rock star or a nun, similar kind of vibe. And so the name really landed with me and I kind of explored using it and I flipped, it was another thing to flip flop on, you know, and, and I would share my pains of, am I this or am I that? And with Guru Singh and, and he would say things to me like, oh, you're just learning to grow your beard. And, and I thought, oh, well, you know, it's just a beard or whatever, or, you know, it's very important that I grow my beard, whatever phase I was in at the time. And now that I've got a little more wisdom, I, re I recognize that that flip-flopping was learning about who I am because I had years of pain, you know, with uh, addiction. It doesn't just snap your fingers and it goes away. It's a long process of repatterning. And devotion is such a key part of it, and structure is such a key part of it. So I kept doing the flip-flop, and I had a couple years of sobriety under my belt, and it was going good. And I was teaching, and the teaching was resonating with people, and, and Dharma Temple was successful, and I was showing up as a better dad and partner, and there was always this sort of struggle with, like, how deep is he going to go into this sick thing and the name thing for my partner? And then there was always the struggle of me, myself, going like, you know, do, am I this cool tattoo punk rock dude who's sober or like I keep coming back to the seek thing and I can't really get away from it. And who am I? Let me know. Who am I? I'm, I'm sober now. Who am I? And then my ego kind of gets involved and my ego goes, you know, uh, I go, oh, here's a, here's what happens. I go to, we've been going to this men's camp for a couple of years, and some of my dear brothers have been coming there, and it's been a real healing place as I'm struggling with my, who am I, 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 am I this, am I that, am I this, am I that, am I this, am I that, as I'm learning to stand on my own two feet as a person who doesn't get shit-faced and destroy his life. So that takes some getting used to being that person and finding out who that person is. 
And uh, so I go to this men's camp for a couple of years uh, in the summer, and it's really beneficial. Guru Singh teaches there. I start bringing some friends with me uh, along who are our dear brothers and form some amazing relationships there, learning from some older guys, learning about Sikhi, learning from some Punjabi Sikhs, learning from uh, about yoga, learning uh, from about relationships and communication, really positive environment for me. I really healed a lot and grew a lot going uh, to this men's camp. And then when, uh, at this point, things are going great. We started doing the Aquarian Luminosity training. Things are going good. I'm just kind of struggling with who I am. I'm kind of blowing in and out of uh, different phases or fads or something like that. And uh, it comes to light from one of the people in our, in our first Aquarian Luminosity then lifestyle training that Yogi Bhajan... Um, is a sexual predator and they present it to me and I'm kind of like, Oh geez, what am I getting myself into? And, um, I kind of hum and haw and I'm like, well, I trust Guru Singh and look at all of the things he helped me get to this point, And I'm really torn about what to do. And I talked to him briefly about it. And he says like, well, there's allegations, but we really don't know is kind of the answer. So I respond that way to the student and the student is not too pleased with the response, but I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And I, and remember I'm going through all this identity crisis stuff at the time. And, uh, you know, it's been an issue for, for me my whole life, especially related to addiction. I never had moment, a moment of clarity to really explore who I was. It was always like, Oh, will people like me? I really want people to like me. Maybe if I take this, they'll like me. Maybe if I get drunk, they'll like me. Maybe if I rock this party, they'll like me. Maybe if I have a pretty girlfriend, they'll like me. You know, it's all self-worth issues and ego. And so um, I go to this men's camp, and I'm really in this like rebel. This rebellious teenager is coming out, and he comes out from time to time. And there's really great things about him, but there's also man, he likes to fuck up my life. <laughs> And so the rebellious teenager comes out, we're at the men's camp, you know, and right before we go, I, I shave my beard really short and I, I tie my hair in braids and I'm like, I'm not wearing uh, a turban anymore, like screw this, but I'm not willing to let go of the practice because it's been the only thing till now that has given me the strength and stability to stay sober. And so he's really rearing his head, you know, and, and, um, I go to the camp and I ask publicly uh, to my mentor in a bit of a like, you know, you know, like the kid challenging the teacher, like, you know, I don't care if you're going to throw me in the hallway, I'm going to bring it full on to your face. Like that's kind of where I'm at. So I do that and I call him out about what's happening with uh, Yogi Bhajan and I get a similar kind of answer. We don't really know, like, let's wait and see, like, be patient with me. And I'm kind of like, you know, fuck this. That's kind of my attitude. And during one of his sessions, I challenge him, like, big time, publicly. And for the first time ever, this man who is a great support to me, he yells at me. He says, in front of everybody, in front and to the rebellious teenager, he said, you standing still is like light years for some people. Do something with it. And and then he's like red and there's like veins coming out of his neck and stuff. And it was really intense and it hurt me. And I was like, 
that rebel teenager, what does he do? Run away. And I grab my friend Jeremy and I say like, fuck this place. Like I got to get out of here. And we go for a drive and we go get a little chocolate at the store down the road and we just talk it out. And it's cool because instead of like leaving and going and getting trashed or whatever I used to do, uh, I had a little sweet and we had a little talk and then I went back and I finished the camp. And that was a victory for me, but it wasn't like, just like, okay, cool. When I got home, I was like, my partner had said to me periodically, she'd said, you know, I would, I would, I would love if you could just like have a glass of wine with me from time to time or have a beer. Like we used to like the good old days, like not the drunk party guy, but just like, and so I was like, oh, maybe I can do that. Yikes. You know, she didn't, it was innocent on her part. You know, she just felt like she was losing the Reno guy that she once knew. And then there's like this young lion appearing and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just learning how to walk, learning how to grow his beard, as Guru Singh said. And so I, I experimented with that. I had a friend's wedding coming up and I, you know, I was feeling this rebellious resistance. And so I was like, okay, I will do that. I'll just have a beer here and there. And what happened? Just give me seven days or whatever. I go to have one here, one there. And then it turns into a week of, and it's hap it's coming. Like you, I'm watching it go, you know, go to the wedding, drink a little too much, go to the thing, drink a little too much. Oh, drinking more. Dr and then I'm like, ah, I'm going back to where I was. Like I can hear the inner knower because I have this relationship with the inner knower at this point. And so um, I'm like, no, we're not doing this. And I just stop. I'm like, nope, sorry, we're not doing that. And, and I stop and then I continue to explore. You know, I ask for forgiveness to myself and I'm like, okay, I got to do, I got to really, this practice is helping me. Uh, and the learning about Sikhi is helping me and learning about um, Kundalini Yoga is helping me and look at the, what's happening in the studios. And, and, and so I'm like, I'm doing, starting doing the podcast but at this point and I'm just like, that's it, I'm done. And so some of you who knew me at that time, you may have seen me during that time, you know, dressed in black, cut my beard back, braid my hair, being really cool, but I'm slipping. I'm losing myself again. And so I recommit, you know, and, and I'm my teacher and mentor, he's watching this. And my other friends who I know from who are watching me are like, is it going to be okay? You know, and I'm still struggling to teach, but I'm not, I'm, I'm still flip floppy, but that was another wake up call. I've had a lot of second chances. I guess that's the white lion part. I think I've had uh, almost my whole nine lives. I think I'm down to my last one here. And the wake up call for that comes when we get up to COVID. Um, so I, I'm practicing more. I go and I spend some time with Jai Dave Singh. Um, you know, we go off to solstice, which is amazing. And, um, I make a commitment that I am going to go to Punjab and I'm going to go on pilgrimage, um, with some dear brothers who commit to doing that and, um, 
I think maybe we'll leave it there where I'm about to go. The doors open for me to go to India to fulfill my dream, which is to go to India, to go to the Himalayas, and uh, at this point to go to the Golden Temple and to do the 84 steps at Guindaval. And uh, I'm getting a little more solid in my commitment, but there's still lots of waves to come, lots of confusion to come. But uh, let's, let's leave it at, we're about to go to India, and um, I think that's a good place to stop. So thank you for listening. Um, it's been a real honor to be here with all of you. If you're listening on the podcast platform and you love what we do, please rate us and review us, share us with your friends, and please also note that we do this on YouTube Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific time. If you would like to study with me and be a part of a community that's committed to doing work in recovery, mindfulness, consciousness, exploring what it means to live a spiritual dharma, please do join us at thetruthseekersunion.ca. I'll just pop it up here on the screen for those of you who are watching on the uh, YouTube channel and uh, would love to have you be a part of our calls. They're on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific. They're one hour. There are also options to engage in yoga, meditation, uh, music, and watch films and all kinds of things like that and have the support of a community of like-minded individuals who are on their own unique path, but we meet together to encourage and support each other to carry on in uh, our recovery work and living our best life. So we'll see you next week on the show if you're listening to the audio version. Thank you so much for being here. Waheguru ji ka khalsa, waheguru ji ki fateh. And those of you who are watching on the YouTube platform, just want to say thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for those of you who left comments. Please subscribe to the show, share the show with your friends. I've had people share it on Instagram. I'm really grateful for that. It's uh, definitely one of my favorite, favorite, favorite times is to come on here and to share uh, my story. And I know that this uh, will be of benefit to someone. And... Uh, I'm so thankful that you're here. So thank you, everyone who's been watching the live. Uh, it'll be up for your viewing pleasure, uh, part one, part two, and now part three. And next week, we'll go into part four. Um, if you are watching on YouTube and you want to uh, have a little chat with me, you can also pop on Instagram. I always come up after and say, say what's up to everybody. Um, thanks, Scott. Uh, appreciate your words. Um, chat soon. L love that you uh, have been a part of the work that I've been doing over the last little while. Uh, thank you, Andrew Measley, for being here, brother, for always inspiring me to do my work uh, in, on online with film. And you've been a friend for a long time. Thank you, Mr. Is it Mr. Tama or Toma? Please let me know how to pronounce that. Uh, that would be really helpful. So this is it. And signing off right here uh, from the Truth Seekers headquarters in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, or, you know, Turtle Island or the Sacred Mother Earth. You know, I, I'm trying to move away from uh, nationalism because I know it really does divide us and to honor the indigenous people of this land. But this is new territory for me uh, learning. So I'm reading The Inconvenient Indian right now. It's a great book by Thomas King, and I want to continue to learn from the indigenous people of this land. So if you have recommendations for me, uh, please let me know. I'll continue to do my best to bring healing and uh, oneness uh, to the world. 
Um, the second one, Toma, Mr. Toma. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, everybody. And I'm looking forward to next week where we go to India. We go to Punjab. Uh, we go to Dharamsala. And uh, it's going to be a great episode. So lots of love, everyone. Thanks for being here. And uh, I'm going to pop over on Instagram and say hi to y'all. So if you're around, come say hi. Peace.